Bonjour, ça va? Ça va bien. <laughs> Being here has told me that my measly old bonjour at the beginning of each of these episodes means diddly squat in a French-speaking country. Your girl needs to learn another language. It is your girl, Kai Easy, on vacation, easy, and Hakimdo. And we just gonna give y'all a little updates because the kids is in the car. <laughs> so we're literally gonna start from beginning up until now. We've been here for three weeks, mm-hmm. I think. So we, we, we got here on the 9th, December 9th. We got here December 9th, and it's the 29th? Wow, okay. So we've been here for 20 days, and I still got another 20 plus days, and he got about another month. So we just want to talk about uh, the beginnings of buying the ticket. So there had been talk about us coming to Dakar since at least August. Um, I know Charleston had always been trying to go since he graduated in May, uh, but I wanted to tack myself onto the trip. So we had these plans since August, but we bought our tickets the week before Thanksgiving. Uh, We're just super procrastinating, taking our time for absolutely no reason because we thought that the tickets wouldn't go up in price. But skirt skirt on us because if we didn't buy the tickets the day that we bought them, they would have literally went up uh, 500 extra dollars. The tickets were a thousand three hundred and a little bit of tax. Um not terrible for people who've been planning the trip and for people who have the fortunate opportunity to not have to pay for housing or food while they're there but uh it is a thousand three hundred i think back to my first trip abroad uh and that ticket was uh only four hundred dollars but it was like a a finesse basically It, it was a lucky deal um you've you've traveled not to well you've come to senegal before but how much do you know how much your ticket to italy was is 1,300 normal? It was close. Yeah. It was around the same thing, maybe like 1,100, 1,200, 300. Hmm. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, that. To think for me, and I guess because my first trip was so cheap, it's just like, oof, $1,000 every time I'm trying to fly abroad. That, that's kind of cray-cray. But I am willing to do that if I get to live for free. So um, so we bought the ticket. And immediately after I brought the ticket, I started stressing about, oh, my goodness, this is a Muslim country. What will I wear in the 80-degree weather? I was terrified, scared of showing off my bronze, thick old thighs. Um, so I was, like, totally on that and was bothering Hakim every day like I think I should go buy some tunics and some long dresses and some all these things but guess what what (laughs) we waited till the day before to pack and I didn't buy anything new I literally just packed what I had uh, a lot of jeans some skirts I still haven't that's interesting. We've been here for 20 days and I have not worn a skirt yet, but we actually are going to a nightclub tonight and I plan to wear one. So I guess I'll give you an update to see how that feels. I've seen women in skirts here, um, mainly, you know, longer skirts, but I have seen some short skirts. I don't know. I just people really are covered up here. It's not like super traditional, but I think me, you know, just busting out the legs. We'll see how that goes tonight. Um, that was my biggest thing with prep. I was like, I have no clue what to wear. Um, and with prep, uh, so I found this suitcase over the summer. It's the first time I ever used it. I've never had a big suitcase before. So I assumed, hey, I filled the suitcase up. It's not like uh, poking out on the side. So it's not going to be overweight. And guess what? My suitcase was 60 pounds when I got to the airport. So I had to transfer some things. All was well. All was well. Um, 
What did, what do you say about prep? Prep was easy. I mean, the only thing I would say is, and I do this pretty frequently when I travel, just pack too much stuff. So I really should have thought about what I'm actually going to wear and just brought that instead of just bringing a whole closet. Right, because it's been 20 days and literally I've been wearing the same stuff. Like I'm looking at my suitcase right now and it's hella stuff that I'm like, why did you even bring this? You don't even wear this in Chicago. Um, so yeah, prep was super chill. Um, very blessed, very fortunate that we both had our $1,300. Um, and that $1,300, what exactly did that buy us? That bought us a 20-hour flight. Whew. Uh, but in that 20-hour flight, we were so fortunate to stop off in Paris, my second time in Paris, and Hakim's first time in Paris. And we <laughs> saw uh, the Mona Lisa. Literally, we went to the Louvre and literally ran to the Mona Lisa and literally ran back to the train to get back to our um, flight on time. Um, any, what, what are your highlights in Paris? <laughs> I guess just being in Paris, being able to say I've been to Paris. Mm. Taking pictures in front of the pyramids, taking pictures in front of Mona Lisa. Mm. I don't know. Maybe I think just the train experience. So like getting on the train and speaking with the guy who's let me listen to his music telling me what he listens to, like the type of music he's vibing to. The lady that was next to us that was telling us about Johnny Holiday and how she's just like Elvis in Paris. Just things to look up, I guess, cultural. Um, references? Yeah, cultural references. We. Cues, things that I could pick up on. We. Oui. Uh, my thing every time in Paris, and even here in Dakar, you just realize how English you are, like how English-speaking you are. Like everything's in French, and you're like, oh, we're trying to um, – I like the thing about trains are they're pretty fair they're fairly easy to understand colors and then the museum you there's a stop for it so that wasn't too bad but when we were trying to get back to the airport what what was it was just weird it's something about like I guess there's different there's different airports one and two the train stations are like B, so there's like a B terminal but then there's like four different stairs you can go down and you have to go down the right one to get so it was a little confusing, and we were, like, a little crunched for time, so I think we were a little stressed out. But I think um, Paris always just makes me feel like, yo, you need to learn a second language. You really – like, I can travel and I can enjoy the world, but I think until I learn French, um, I'm not going to be able to fully understand and grasp because, like, I'm always just looking like a fish out of water when I'm uh, out here. So what I didn't know, so we get back to our airport, we get on the plane, and I keep seeing the the, the flight attendants going down the aisles with wine. So, you know, I got a little bit of euro on me, so I'm like, I'm finna splurge. So she comes by, I'm like, let me get some red wine, miss. How much? How much euro? Sis said... <laughs> is free is complimentary but i really i think i only even had i think i just only had one cup anyway because they fed us some trash ass food we requested some vegan food and what i can't even like it was so long ago but it was like a a, a quinoa patty and some that shit was dog food that shit looked like puppy child some type of smashed up patty um some not seasoned vegetables um bread sticks it was like just a tragedy so i didn't i didn't uh eat <laughs> i remember we got some chick-fil-a fries when we were uh in minnesota because that was our first uh layover before paris so i didn't get that many but on the flight from paris to dais 
this because we fly there to the car um we actually didn't our seats weren't next to each other so i was sitting next to this um singalese man well before that so i go to my seat and there's this older man putting his bag up and i was like hey uh my boyfriend has a seat that's closer to the front would you like to take his seat so he can have yours he says yes i go tell charleston he can have the seat we come back and it's a whole nother man in the seat i said to the old man i said sir this wasn't your seat and he's like, no, <laughs> like, nigga, what? <laughs> Why are you offering somebody seat that's not yours? And the guy who was sitting by the plane, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. He shows me his phone. He's like, I had another seat, but I really wanted a window seat. So I'm not going to give it up. So I'm like, OK, it is what it is. So I fall asleep on that ass because I just don't be wanting to chit chat with people on the plane so the flight was five hours uh from paris to daiz so i wake up maybe like halfway through and um homeboys like we well we we're just talking a bit and i was like yeah we're going to dakar and he was saying he's going to this place these uh not not where we landed some other place that was close and i was like oh, okay cool he was like yeah the old airport was an hour drive but now it's only a 20 minute drive and i was like oh yeah well we're flying to the car right and he's like no no we're going into daiz and i was like oh sh- this yes this yes this like days in spanish no bloop bloop um so i get up <laughs> out my seat any excuse really to go talk to charleston i said hey did you know we're not flying into the car? And he's like, yeah, they just built a new airport. I was like, okay, good. Happy you knew because yeah, I was nervous. Um, that flight, I slept the whole way. The flight wasn't memorable, but I do remember when we landed, um, my Singalese homeboy was like, welcome home. It's, 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 it's as much your home as it is mine. And it truly melted my heart. And I'm probably going to write it in any and every short story that I write about uh, this trip. Uh, what, what are your flight experiences you slept the whole time i don't know what you did we didn't sit next to each other i watched movies mm. yeah i forgot exactly what i watched what did i watch on the way to paris i remember watching something i forget too dang that was so long ago it was 20 days ago uh, movie with cedric the entertainer it was something about uh coming home the girl had her boyfriend some shit I don't know. oh i remember i watched that casino movie um the girl from Parks and Recreation and a famous white man. I feel like I should know his name. They couldn't afford to send their daughter to college, so they opened up an underground casino, something like that. Oh, I know what the movie is called. It's called Why Him. Mm, why Him. Hmm, that sounds interesting. That, the, the movie selection is always, I think it's very vast. I mean, there's a lot of options and a, a lot of TV show options on international flights. So, cool, cool, cool. So, we sleep and finally, we arrive, bruh, soon as we get off the plane. We end up in this customs line that's dumb. Thicka, 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 thick. Um, so I had to pee. So I was like, Charles, I hold, hold the space in line. I go into the bathroom and I'm intrigued immediately. There's a hole in the floor in the bathroom in one stall. So I say, well, maybe this ain't my only option. Luckily, it wasn't my only option. I went to another bathroom. It's a more normal uh, bathroom. And it always reminds me a little bit. Something that you're accustomed to. Yeah, something that I'm accustomed to, not normal. I'm no, sorry. Dang. Right. So you trying to pee in a hole on the floor? Nah, I that mean, looks like it's for a toilet, like perfect. You're the one that told me normal doesn't exist. Hey, this guy go. Um, well, yes, a more a more traditional in western traditional toilet but it reminded me a lot of paris because um you know the little handle we have to flush 
in Paris and here in Dakar or in, in Senegal, there's just like a button at the top that you press. And I always think that's interesting. Um, just that close closeness of like how much is like Paris. And um, so, yeah, that was my first experience. So we waited in line for maybe like really 30 minutes. It was a long line to get our passports. And um, some men had waved us through and we went to some like little room and <laughs> the man's like, what's your address? And I told him my dad's address. <laughs> I guess he was like wondering where I was going to be staying, but um, they gave me my stamp. So I got another stamp on my passport. We also got stamps in Paris. Um, nothing too memorable until we get to the belt to get our bags. And you think it was an hour? I want to say an hour. It really took an hour. Literally, more, yeah, an hour or more for us to get our bags. Um, I guess the conveyor belt was malfunctioning and... Um, you know how much anxiety that is to be seeing bags going around and around in a circle and not see yours and you are uh, miles and miles away from home for a month and a half i was like oh no all my things and then like you packed all these things that you don't even need and now when you get home it won't be there and ooh, when that orange bag came your girl was relieved so um we finally get our bags and now we go out and first thing we see is Papa. That's Charleston's dad. <laughs> he came to pick us up. Um, and I remember like uh, it, we walked outside and it was like it was hot and I was so excited because we had just come from Chicago, which were cold and Paris was cold. Um, and one of my favorite things even still is like there's this huge juxtaposition between like women in traditional Women and men in traditional clothes, like, you know, long linen, um, shirts and pants. And then, like, seeing people who have on, like, jeans and shirts that look like <laughs> they're from a few years ago. But, like, <laughs> it's just funny. Like, I'm always amazed. And um, really what's funny is, like, men wear, like, jelly sandals. And it's, the fashion is just funny to me because it's, like, this one side that's super traditional. And then this one side that's, like, super modern. And everyone just, like, coexists. And it's super hilarious. Um anything stick out as soon as you got from the airport because that was your first time at that airport um nothing really stuck out i mean the process for screening the bags again once we got back out was mm. new yeah that was different yeah once we got our bags off the conveyor belt um they made our bags go through another security line. It's like, okay, I guess. But what was new to me, uh, what happens here in Senegal, Gallus is Charleston's Senegalese name. Gallus's family has a driver. So <laughs> we were driven home, not by his dad, but by a driver. And I thought that was super duper fancy. I'd never had a driver before. Um, it was like an hour drive home and uh, I was so hungry and luckily his dad stopped on the side and, uh, that's one, again, kind of like Paris, um, this being able to like stop somewhere and like get fresh produce. Like that's like one of my favorite things, um, about, uh, I guess like cities that care about health or cities that ain't trying to like stuff fast food down your throat is like the, the ease of produce. I really love that to just to be able to go outside and grab some produce or be on the way home and be able to stop on the side of the road and get some produce. Um, I, I feel like when we were driving is this, I wrote this short story yesterday and it's kind of the same sentiment where like, I don't know what I was expecting 
um but the roads are just they're like literally regular old roads like it looks like a road um and when i say regular old road i'm i guess i'm talking about roads that i'm used to in america literally just a street or literally cement you know looks like a highway and i don't know that i was expecting something different but i was like surprised like oh like this looks just like home type thing i don't know I always wonder, like, what what were you expecting then, Kyle? If if not that, so finally we make it to Dakar, and um, yeah, we so we've we've been here in Dakar since uh, the ninth, and kind of want to talk about some of one of my highlights. Um, one of the first things we did was go to Gory Island, and for those of you who don't know Gory Island, you should pause right now and do some Googles, but Gory Island is the island that contains the point of no return. Um, the history books that they don't teach you in school will tell you that the point of no return is um, this supposed place where savages were coming in their ships, and what they would do is take people from Senegal um, put them in the boats uh, and ship them to the Gory Island as like a holding spot um, so that they could like run back home. And from Gory Island is when they would take the slaves or the people that they've just stolen um, to America. But um, I guess. Or, in the world. or other places in the world. Right. I guess like the the biggest thing for me was I guess one was unfortunately and sad in my American education is that I hadn't even learned about the point of no return until actually like maybe October of this year. Um, I'm working with some of my graduate students at my school and we're trying to come up with some concept for some art shows and we talked about the point of no return and my friend got me hip to it. Um, so I, I, you know, cosmic that I was able to visit it after just learning about it, but the whole way there and Charleston and I are, well, I would say I'm a skeptic to begin with. I don't want to say he is too, but I, I think I'm a skeptic to begin with. So I was already like, yo, cause we, you gotta pay to get on the ferry to get there. And it just felt like a business. I was like, they just over here finessing. Like this ain't really what happened. It's how do we know? Like this don't seem believable. Um, but that's what the history tells you. There's this place there called the House of Slaves, and they've turned it into a museum. Um, so I think I was just skeptic to begin with. And um, as soon as you get on the island, there's like some locals saying that they'll be your guide for um, five five thousand five five mil franc. So it just it just all felt so skeptical. Um, but. I'm very fortunate to have seen it. I just want, I don't know that I'm like completely sold on the whole concept of like, this is where it happened. And this is where, you know, my ancestors last point on, um, on Africa, um, before they were forced into slavery. Um, but I think, I don't know, is it, it then the whole time you're on the Island, people try and sell things to you, but it's, I, I feel very blessed to have been there in the case that you know that is true but something about I think it's just history in general and like the people who tell history it makes it so hard for me to be like yes this is true this is what I believe and this is indeed where all these things happened uh, would you say do you want to talk about Gory or do you want to talk about another highlight oh so that was my second time going to Gory and I think 
I enjoyed it more the first time, but I also had more context going the first time because I went with my father, and we had a guide when we went. This time, we didn't have a guide. It was kind of just me and you walking around the island, which I think you would have had a different experience if we did have a guide, but it wasn't really a, a make-it-or-break thing. What did the guide sell you on the history of it? Is that or because I think that's my skepticism, like the history, like is this even true? Well, the guide would have given us context for you to decide whether it was true or not, in your opinion, mm-hmm. which we didn't have at all. We just had our own eyes and our feelings, and um, it was cool. I enjoyed it. I don't know if that's one of the biggest highlights. I think for me, it's just kind of the smaller things like uh, seeing my little brother. Um, even though he's not rocking with a nigga right. at all, like, <laughs> he cries. One, not even one yet. <laughs> he's not even one. He's like ten months. He cries every time we try to hold him, but um, that's cool. He'll grow up. Um, going to the beach, you know, put my feet in the sand, seeing the horizon set over the water. Um, what are you supposed to give one highlight at a time? Well, I'm just rapid firing off my highlights. Is that a problem? Go for it. Because, I mean, technically, I only did two now, and you started, so you just. I can go now. Um, I really highlight my highlights. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is. That's why you're supposed to do one and didn't really talk about it. What you want to talk about? I said, so talk about the beach? Because you get in the water. I have it. Maybe you could talk about those little porcupine things. Um, the water, I'm well, for one. Um, I like grew up in Florida, so I already know what it's like when it's a natural beach. That salt water ain't for Kai. And um, even though it's hot here, it's December, so that water ain't as hot as it's supposed to be. So I've only gotten in the water once out of our like five beach trips so far. But and maybe you can tell about the water. But I, I do love going to the beach. Even in Florida, it was like I just like sitting on the sand and looking at the water. That's enough for me. But Sea Money likes to get inside the water. Yeah. I mean, it feels good. It's not extremely hot right now, but it's hot enough to where the water feels good. I'm not opposed to cold water. I like taking cold showers sometimes, especially here in Africa, cold showers. Mm-hmm. Africa is like a it's a treat. The water has, well, one of the beaches we went to, um, it got these uh, black little porcupines in it. And this is probably like our second trip to the beach. And Charleston was trying to get in the water and he saw them um, and was super cautious, thank God, because we ended up meeting up with a a girl from Senegal named Fatima, Fatima. And um, she actually stepped on one of those before and had to go to the hospital because of it. So um, just be cautious when you go out into the world. Use use your knowledge. Don't just be all crazy in the water. But that was only that one beach because one of the other beaches didn't have it. And I would say my... When I say the beach as a highlight, it would probably be that first beach trip we took. So we went to Northlight Beach, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty close to the house oh. where we were staying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was able to... We had like a jam session on the beach after we sat at the beach with some of the, the local musicians to sit out there and play. So that was dope. That was really, really, really dope. I say so. We also had grog. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just tea and whiskey and honey. Like One of my faves. I really like that. Um, another highlight of mine was um, we went to a hookah lounge one day 
Um, and that, I think when, for me, nightlife in other countries is always so interesting because they dead ass be playing like American music, um, mixed with like local music. And for me, I'm always like, oh, America's so invasive. That's what I would say. But it, it just, it's just interesting to me. Um, but maybe it's not invasive as much as like, you know. It's just that shit. We right, got that music fine. is universal. Um, and I mean, I think the music, most of the music that we were hearing as far as hip hop, so it's from America's. Right. Right. They um we went to this bakery that we frequented a few times and they were definitely playing Bodak Yellow in there and I thought that was hilarious. Um another of my favorite things to do, um, and I say any country I've been to, I've only been to three, but I really love going to supermarkets and just like going down the aisles to see um what they have. Uh, and we got some Lay's barbecue chips. And it's so interesting. It's the same exact company, the same exact brand, but they taste different. And I, I got the same experience when I was in Paris. It's like you buy Lay's, mainly potato chips is what it is. You buy this potato chip that's the same exact flavor, but they season it different. Like maybe Americans, we our tongues are so strong that we really need all the seasoning because these are some very, very lightly uh, salted barbecue chips. Yeah, I think there are other things that fly. I definitely agree with you. I think there's probably other things, production things that come into to, to play as well, too, like where they're getting their potatoes from, how the potatoes are grown, so you where think, they're getting their seasonings from, what seasonings are chosen. If it's Lay's, well, I guess that's... It's not going to be the same Right, that's, why, that's like, why I definitely thought it's the same exact factory, and they just ship from that factory to different parts of the world. No, they have multiple factories. That's a global mm. company. I mean, when you look at something like McDonald's, like I remember when I went to Italy the the menu have like the McLobster like things are different like mm -hmm. you gotta cater to your audience Americans are not like the Senegalese right. Senegalese are not like Italians you know right uh, they have this thing called McCaesars here we haven't had it yet then they have um, African fried chicken where we got um, which is well is that right Kentucky fried chicken yeah African fried chicken and we yeah. just got some frites <laughs> right yeah it just <laughs> it's just finessing food, right it's like streetwear restaurants <laughs> <laughs> right mcsaesers it got like a uh, what is it it looked like a like well you know like caesar so it looked like a is that like roman yeah. it don't even look it's, it's not like the golden, golden arches arch. <laughs> 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 they, they got the golden uh rock <laughs> like it looked like a rock lettering some holographics um one of the newest memories that is super funny to me is um, I needed my eyebrows done. So you're not doing three highlights. You're just, I'm just talking and stuff now. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you Well, you could do whatever you want, yeah. But today I, I, I need my eyebrows done. And um, I'm so, well, okay. So I used to get my eyebrows arched when I was younger by my mom. But first of all, she used to use an eyebrow archer. <laughs> we'll start there. Second of all, she would use some type of lotion on my face. And third of all, when she finished, she would use some type of alcohol. Since I've been an adult, I be going to uh, the nail salon and I get them waxed. So I go to the place. Uh, it's right up the street. I got a pedicure and a manicure from them, which is another story. And um, I say circle, which means eyebrow. Um, she didn't know what that meant. She, my, I think my French just Her bad. Yeah, I be circle, circle. So I just pointed to my eyebrows. She was hip. She knew what I needed. Sis came out with a razor blade, told me to sit down on a chair and got to work. No lotion, no nothing. It took all of 
four minutes maybe my eyebrows is late now sis but she did not use no alcohol after so just like i'm always intrigued about like what's really needed and like what's not like are we just do things and obsess like why was my mom using lotion and eyebrow archer not a razor and using the alcohol at the end and that was only uh dwee dwee Dwe mil franc, which turns out to only be uh, $3. Your girl ain't ever got these eyebrows done for $3. Um, but a funny thing, but actually my nails have grown since. But sis, when I got a pedicure, like my second day here, a pedicure and a manicure, she definitely used hand sanitizer on my hands. Like, I was just like confused. <laughs> I was like, okay, sis, uh, thank you. But my nails have grown. Thank good Lord. And I'm probably going to get me another pedicure soon. I probably won't get another manicure. Um, but I think that whenever I travel, it's always interesting just to, I don't want to say compare cause that sounds lame, but just like to see the differences between like, you know, these quote unquote everyday routines or everyday things that I do all the time and how different they are when you're abroad. Uh, any, anything else for you? What highlights? Highlights, Definitely memories. The safari. I think Ooh, that I was one of the, that's probably my, my biggest highlight cause I hadn't gone to it last time I was here. So we went to Bandia Reserve where they had giraffe, antelope, they had rhinos. We didn't actually get to see them. I really wanted to see the rhinos. The monkeys was acting a fool. Oh I seen goodness. a monkey trying. So the way they got set up is nice, right? It's behavioral psychology at its best. And it worked. <laughs> so after you get done with the safari tour, which you like really in, in the bush, as I guess you would say, in the truck, the safari truck, you come out, it pulls into a lot, and the last thing you see are the crocodiles. Mm -hmm. And you have to, like, pass the restaurants and everything <laughs> to see the crocodiles, where they have the crocodiles contained. And the monkeys are out there just in full force. Like, that's they spot. Like, that's they turf. They post it. And a lady had ordered, like, a, a popsicle. And she was eating a popsicle. <laughs> the monkey came, jumped right up, tried to snatch <laughs> it out of her hand. <laughs> she said, ah! He was really on that with her, and like no shame, like whatsoever. He's he just like stood there, like what? <laughs> I feel like monkeys that? be on that though. Like monkeys just like that. Like they just really be feeling like this is their territory. And that wasn't even the only monkey on that. There was a family a few rows behind us. Nobody got the goods. Yeah, the other monkey. <laughs> he took like a banana or no like some a piece bread. Of pizza or something. He that, that did work because we definitely sat down and had us uh, some fries and um some juice or some some sprite. Monkeys knew who to fuck with. They was fucking with them motherfuckers. I can't believe I forgot about the safari. Yes, I like the safari a lot. Um, I think maybe I wish that somehow you could get off the safari, like the bus to take pictures with the animals. I think that's my complaint. Because it is nice. Like, and I, even that, That's how I think I forgot. Because Are animals nice? You talking about <laughs> get out. Like you would. <laughs> The giraffe mainly. If I could have taken a picture with the giraffe. Because I, I really forgot about that. Only because it was one of those things where, like, um, I snapped about it, but I didn't, like, really take pictures, pictures. So, it was, like, it feels like a fleeting memory. Like, mm -hmm. That's too bad. Yeah, it's one of my favorite it. experiences. Oh. Definitely. We took, so, we took, what, like, an hour drive out Ooh, there? Yes. It was an hour The traffic is crazy here, y'all. And an hour drive back. And then you get there, and either you can you can just have your taxi go off-road. You know what I'm saying? You can pay the money to front to have them drive through the safari. Um, 
or you can get a safari truck and so the safari truck we were in we actually went in on it with some other people who were going on a tour so we shared it with other people which was cool because they was nice and yeah, i think they, they added to the experience nice and black and I, I think they spoke French and English, but the tour guide spoke in English for us uh, Westerners. Um, but that just reminded me of uh, one of my, this is, we can probably stop, I'll say this one and maybe one more, then we can do like a sign off. I believe the safari? Yeah, you still got some? Yeah, I mean, I think the dopest part about the safari, when we did, when we were able to get out, we mm -hmm. got out at the Baobab tree, mm -hmm. which is a tree that's very, very common in Senegal. Um, it bears a fruit called uh, buoy. Uh, well, the drink that they get from the baobab fruit is buoy. Um, so that's a common drink to hear. And I think the only other place I really know of that it grows that commonly is in Madagascar. So that's cool. But um, the tree uh, is where different tribes or different people here who held griots, who were basically the storytellers, uh, the people who kept the histories of tribes, of people, of family, of lineages, people who brokered peace, people who had excellent memories, who basically just kept the nation's history and DNA within their minds. They, the storytellers, the, the holders of oral tradition, they would be buried in these baobab trees who have these huge trunks, so like definitely take a body or two. Um, and so we stopped and the tour guide gave us a history lesson basically on a griot and their history in Senegal. That was really dope. That was cool. I feel shame that I didn't forget all about all this stuff because <laughs> I, I I was truly interested in um, griots after that. Something I should research. Super interested. Um, but one of the most humorous moments, and in retrospect, because it happened to us today again, maybe it wasn't us and we just were so naive to the taxi. But you know, there's no Uber here, so you just hail a taxi. So um, the day we're coming from Gory Island. Um, you know, we speak Tutti Wallaf, Tutti French, very little Wallaf, very little French. And when I say we, I'm talking about Charleston because I can say bonjour, au revoir, ça va bien. Um, but we're trying to get a taxi back home. And first, people wasn't stopping for us. So it was like, okay, maybe we should go to the opposite side of the street. Well, no, first, every taxi we seen had someone in it, so they wasn't stopping. Then, taxi just wasn't stopping for us. So it was like, okay, we're going to go to the other side of the street. So then, taxis finally started stopping for us. And we're telling them, uh, we're trying to pay them three. Three was our max. Um, yeah, 12 mil francs. Yeah, 12 mil franc, franc was our max. And people was dead ass, like, skirt skirting on us, like, <laughs> nah. But we, when we got back home, we found out from Charleston's dad and stepmom, um, we were saying um, Almadies, which is a neighborhood that's, like, affluent in Dakar. So us saying we're going to give you uh, three mil franc to go to Almadies, they like, trying. And they could tell we not we visiting because our French wasn't so good. They was really trying to finesse us, and they was like, nah. Like one person was like six mil franc. No. Um, so we started. We was gonna walk back to um, Charleston's auntie shop and have her hail us a, a cab because we was really trying to call a cab for like fifteen minutes. Mm -hmm. So we started walking back, and finally this um, taxi had stopped for us, and we talked him into it, and he he ended up bringing us home. But um, our, that was, and it really. I and mean, I'm so happy that that was just a, a bad situation because that taxi was so funky that I was just like nervous that every single taxi I get into would smell that way. But I've been in like 10 taxis at least now and they do not be staying. That one was just dang, like funky donkey. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, for real. Speaking of donkeys, y'all, it'd be, um, <laughs> this man was uh, texting and steering his chariot the other day. <laughs> 
<laughs> buddy on his on his horse in a chariot texting um so and i'm talking about just funny stuff i be seeing oh that booty <laughs> this is not funny y'all <laughs> but it was this man who was probably down and out on his luck <laughs> and so we walking up and i'm thinking it's like y'all know like them lava rocks like them shiny black lava rocks <laughs> i was like what is this and i was like oh it's a butt <laughs> it's not a lava rock. it's really this man's he decided he was laying on the floor his butt in the air looking like a dang own suki lava rock the shit was crazy that was one um i seen a, a man in an 80 pie shirt and then a man in a Rush Pike shirt. So the pan and IFC are shipping their stuff to Africa. <laughs> uh, what's another outlandish thing? I think one of the funniest definitely texting on the chariot. No funnies? <laughs> I mean, a lot of funny stuff did that happen. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say mama getting whooped, but that's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not nice. <laughs> you just ain't see uh, Fatu face though. She was she was on that with mama. You will get this whooping right now. Uh, let's think. I can say that I certainly do love jollof rice and cabbage. Yeah. Um, croissants. We've been getting those. Um, I went to a crepe stand, and I don't understand. What's up with people who own crepe stands have a muff option for berries. Berries taste good on crepes, people. And they always only got Nutella or banana or chocolate. I want motherfucking strawberry syrup with fresh strawberries on my crepe. Okay, okay. Um, well, now we're just rambling. We I got another, I leave on the 22nd of January, so I got another uh, 28 days or so charleston leaves on valentine's day so he got another month or so so we'll be here we'll give y'all some updates but so far so good it's literally not like america but like if you're scared or like fearing anything yo you can slide down down to senegal i don't know i've never been anywhere else on the continent but for sure senegal um you'll be fine uh there's a bus that we haven't got on yet, so I don't know how far I'll get you. But the taxis will definitely get you around the country if you don't want to rent a car or something. Country. Or the 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 perimeter, at the very least. I don't know. Get you the way you need to go. There's beaches galore, so if you ain't want to spend no money, you could just spend your time on the beach. I found a two mil franc uh, rosé, which equals $3 in America. Um, the grocery store got your food. They selling peanuts on the street. So slide on through. I know that ticket a little bit expensive, but if you probably buy it in the vans, you could probably get a ticket for what? As little as a thousand to eight hundred? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get y'all a ticket, y'all. Get y'all some stamps in y'all passport. And the great thing is, guess what? It's December and it is hot out here. Today I had on all black and was a little hot under these underarms. It's brick in Chicago. Like travel people, travel. The kids are signing out from the car. Uh, au revoir. Ciao. Ciao. I'm embarrassed at my French. Uh, this time next year, I'm going to be speaking French because I can't keep traveling being like, bonjour, parlez anglais. They be looking at me like I'm a fool. All right. 
Also, y'all, I know I ain't <laughs> did no podcast since October, so I'm thanking you for listening to this right now. I will be more consistent in the new year. Your girl just had a crazy semester prepping. Uh, I graduated in May and just was doing a lot of visual work, which I usually don't do. I'm a writer, but I, I want to have a visual practice, so I kind of was honing that last semester um, along with shooting a web series and really just living my life. I'm totally the type of person who is all about my me time and about my personal health, so I did uh, personal health, then I did schoolwork, then I did work, and then I was like, I'm going to skip a podcast this week. But I'm back. I'm happy y'all listening. I love my voice. I love that you listen. Um, Catch you next week.